Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Once a year, we dedicate a series um, to one of our four values, and that's this series that we've been doing, Legacy. And our four values, real quick, just as a reminder, number one is, is we want people to know God, right? We, we want people to have a personal relationship. I don't want people to know of God. We want people to know God. You understand the difference? There's, a, there's this really tragic verse in Matthew that says, many, that word is the most haunting word in the Bible. Many. Because here's what it says. Many will step up and say, Lord, Lord. And his response will be, I never knew you. Many? Really? Many. Right? And the reality that our goal and what we're trying to do is not have people have a, a, a relationship with a pastor who has a relationship with God. We're not interested in having kids who have a relationship with their parents who have a relationship with God. We're, relig we're interested in individuals knowing God, right? And know means intimate relationship, friendship, the understanding. And so that's, that's, that's our first goal of our values. Number two value is then after you get to the place where you know God, you need to settle your yesterdays. Anybody got any yesterdays? You know what I'm talking about, right? We got stuff and, 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 and we've got to, we've got to deal with our stuff. For us to be effective as we can be. It is, it is my stuff that holds me back from being all that God's going to be. So we say it this way, find freedom. And we talk about finding freedom through small groups. It's other people. It's, it is through other people that iron sharpens iron, right? And that process is ugly. When I was sharpening the axes for the axe throwing out of the grinder... Right? And I'm on the grinder and there's just sparks. And the whole time I'm doing that, I'm thinking this is what a small group is supposed to look like. And yet we shy away from it. Right? Because we know that's what a small group is supposed to look like. And we're like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't want to, but listen to me. You have to. 
You have to, we, we need each other. And so we find freedom in that way and we settle our yesterdays. And then thirdly, we discover purpose. That we come to the place where we remind ourselves that we were created on purpose, with a purpose, to fulfill something God created for us to do. There are good works he created for us to do. Number four is what this series is all about. Because number four is, once we begin to do those things, then we want to make a difference. We want to make a difference. This series is called Legacy. It's all about the fact that each of us individually and all of us together are here on this planet to make a difference. To be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Right? To be, to be a part of, your life is going to be remembered for something. We want our grandkids, our kids and our grandkids to remember it for something great. Don't you love hearing a story? We had Vince Miller with us, who's a, a speaker. He travels the world speaking to men. He does men's ministry. He was phenomenal with us this weekend. And he told us several stories about his grandfather raising him. It wasn't his father. His mother died of a drug overdose. Dad, dad was kind of a mess, but his grandfather, he told us these stories. And one of the biggest stories he told us was about his grandfather teaching him how to parallel park. <laughs> and he was like, you know, what a silly skill. But he would make him go out on a Saturday. They would drive all over town and he would go uh, there. And he would make him parallel park there. And then they'd pull out and he'd go there. And he'd make him parallel park there and make him parallel park. He said, I'm going to tell you something right now. I challenge you all. I could park any type of vehicle within two inches of the curb on any day right now because of what my grandpa did with me. And while you may look at that and go parallel parking, who cares? We barely do that anymore. What he said was this. He gave me what he had. And in the time he gave me, something happened inside of me and who I was. And that, that's, we want to make a, we want to make a difference, right? We want, we want the church after us. When, when all of us are long and gone, when, when, when all of us are kind of, we're beyond our time, we want that church behind us being able to stand on our shoulders, not having to clean up our mess. Amen? That, that's, that's the goal is, is that we make a difference and raise them up. So Psalm 112, five through six says this. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. Who is generous and lends freely. And then it says, who conducts his affairs with justice. I said it to the young men on Friday night. I'll say it to all of us here on Sunday morning. Integrity is one of the most important things you have on this planet. To be a person that when you say something, that your word is your bond. The, 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 the scripture says, so let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right? That, that when I say something, I am who I am. It says, lends freely and conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will be never, he, he will never be shaken. I love that. And what that means is this, is not that you're going to have no troubles. Like we paint that prosperity picture in the church today and that's not what it says. It says you won't be shaken. It says, doesn't say there won't be shaking around you. Right? There will always be, Jesus said, you will always have problems. You always have struggles in this world. But what this verse says is someone who is generous and lends freely and someone who has integrity and cuts and, and conducts their life with justice will never be shaken even when the, everything around them is shaking. Right? What a promise. What a promise that God gives us. A righteous man will be remembered forever. What we do for ourselves will die with us. What we do for others lives beyond us. That's what God has called us to do.
to make a difference. Let me start by giving you an update. So I put this in your notes here. There's a legacy report for you can pull out and you can look out. I'm going to talk just a few minutes through this and give you an idea because here's what I think. I think we don't do enough reviewing. That's what Sabbath is for. I really think on a Sabbath, like if you do your Sabbath on Sunday, that you should take some time and look back at this week and review. What did God accomplish this week through me? Where did I struggle this week? What is it that I could do a little bit better to focus on next week? Like, I think that's part of Sabbath. I think it's, part, it's healthy for us to stop and go, what have we done? What, what is it that we've accomplished so far that God has given us to do? And what more do we have to do? So we created this report for you. And I just want you to see, because we consider, as, as I'm focusing on what is it that God's called us to do, and how do we do that? You know, organizing all this stuff can get to be where it's just a bunch of minutia. And it's just a bunch of little things. But I want to focus our minds on five legacy lanes, five legacy lanes, okay? Five lanes that we're going to consider. This is where we're looking to drive the legacy of who Church of the Lakes is as a whole. So the first lane is just simply growth and expansion that you see at the top there. And what that means is that's Church of the Lakes. That's what we do. That's salvations. As you see there, there were 15 people that got saved this year. 15 people have eternity because of the effort that was made. Yeah, that was good. I'm glad Misty's excited and a couple others, right? But that's salvation, people. Come on now. If we can't get excited about that, I think we've lost our mission and understanding of who we are. Look at the numbers. Baptism, 12 baptisms. 63 people recommitted their lives this year, right? 63 people recommitted their lives. 149 people have, have gone through life steps this year. Now look at this. I want to show you real quick. Members, and I'm not a big member person. If you come through Life life Steps, you're going to find that out. But in the South, membership is a thing, so we kind of do it. But the reason that number is significant to me is because it's 182. But last year, when we did this report, it was it was 89 signed members. So I just want to give you a relative of what God's doing to, to bring people together in what God has called us to do as Church of the Lakes. Average attendance right now is about 198 this year. Total giving this year. Look at the giving. 347,000. And then there's a graph to show you how it's spent. And I just want to point out to you that the orange is missions. Now, let's talk legacy, right? Because bottom line is that graph is what's going to be remembered. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The way, the way that we do and what we do, that graph is what's going to be reminded. So that's gra- uh, growth and expansion, just what we do as a church. Second lane that we consider critical is the next generation. It's the next generation. We've got to raise up a generation that not only knows God, but is equipped and discipled in a way to do it better than us. Amen? I I want these kids coming up behind, I want them to do it better than Pastor Mike did it. I got no problem with them going, yeah, I watched Pastor Mike and I learned several things not to do. I got no problem with that if they step up and do it better. Right? If they step up and go, well, then we're going to push it forward. I'm grateful to stand on his shoulders, but I got a few ideas that may be better in that. But I want to talk to you about Lake's kids. We're averaging 29 kids a week out there in the kids ministry. We're averaging 30 students at youth group on Wednesday nights. And then now we have the new teen center. We have acquired that building that's over, used to be Hampton's garage. And we're opening up a facility where kids are going to be able to come right off the street. And have a place to hang out. And it's called Thrive. It's the Thrive Center. Why? Because I'm, I, I, when I look around, the word I see is survive. But the vision I see is thrive. Do you understand the difference? Right? The reality is, is I don't, I don't, I don't want to see a people living paycheck to paycheck. 
I want to see a people that have so much that they know God's given me more. I got to figure out where I give this to someone else. Right? This is, this is a vision that we have to have. You know, when Mr. Wally talks about being bold, um, I'm really not that bold. Um, it scares me to death, like the things that the Holy Spirit says that we have to do. It really does. But there's something inside of me that the Holy Spirit has put in there that's not Mike. That says, if we don't, who will? I've sat in community meeting after community meeting. And heard people wax eloquently. And the whole reason they're doing it is because the election's coming up. You understand? But we, you and I, are called to be a people that get our hands dirty. We are called to be a people that will get down in the depths of what's going on in our community. And say, we'll be here, we'll do something, we'll be a part. And I think it's going to be huge to start with the next generation. That's why we're in Leesburg High School. That's why we do The Rock. That's why I think there's even more to come in that area. The third area of our legacy is local missions. Look at that number. $140,000 given locally, which includes the carpet that you walked here in here on, and the lighting, which now belongs to Leesburg High School. And so the reality being that we're going to invest because, hey, I got no problem with saying this, but there are plenty of people starving in the world. But if we're stepping over our own to get to the others, I think we're a little lopsided. It's good for us to have balance, right? It's fine for us to serve in another country. But if we're doing it and we're not paying attention to what's going on in our backyard, most of the time, if we're honest, it's because we're lazy. Because it's easier to send a check to Africa than it is to get my hands dirty in my backyard. And so we're going to focus on making sure that our community is as best that it can be because we're here. We want to be a place where when, when and if God goes, you know what? There's not going to be a church in lakes anymore. The city goes, wait, what? And they miss us because of what we do. Third, a fourth area is regional missions. So that's regional like Florida and the United States, right? Region, our area. Tell you what we're doing in that area. We're a part of ARC. Launched 875 churches so far in the United States over the last few years. This morning, because of your giving, because of what we do monthly, 875 life-giving churches are having services in school auditoriums and in theaters or even in their own buildings. Some people have been blessed, jealous of those people. No, I'm kidding. But, but listen to me. People are getting saved this morning. Because of that effort and that vision, but we've got to keep that vision in front of us. What happens is the reason that we get off key when it comes to legacy, the reason that we lose is because we get so caught in all the minutia. Come on, somebody. Right? Like all I can focus on the fact is the stupid plumbing's not working at the house right now. <laughs> right? Or I walk in and my teenager sideswipes me with something. Right, or, 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 all of a sudden there's some kind of a fraud, and somebody's like taking a bunch of stuff out of my bank account, and I and I can't use my card, and and and, and those things happen, and those are real, and they stink. But the reality is, is the devil loves to take all those type of things and get us right here, so that we don't get our eyes up and look at what it is that God has called us to do. My job today is to just kind of help you lift your eyes up for a minute. Some of you came here with stuff, struggles. I got it. I'm with you, right? I walked in after man camp and stuff. Right? I mean, if you have a teenager in your house, stuff. If you have a spouse in your house, 
stuff. Right? <laughs> I, I heard loud and clear from the Holy Spirit just now. Marriage conference. Okay. <laughs> listen, listen. But for us today, just take a few minutes and go, yeah, okay, devil. You're trying to draw my eyes to the stuff. But today, God is going to pick my head up. Enough for me to say, what is my part? What, what is it that, that God is calling me to do? Where do I get my hands dirty? The last one is global missions. And of course, this is to the ends of the earth. And this is modeled after Acts 1-8, which says, when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, which was their town, Judea and Samaria, which was their region, and to the ends of the earth, right? So this is based right off scripture, Acts 1-8. But we go globally. And right now, you support missionaries in Siberia, Negative 76 degrees. Right? Anybody want to go on a mission trip? Me either. We're going to send them money. No, I mean, anyway, if God tells us to do that, then y'all are going. Um, <laughs> I didn't sneak that one past you. Anyway, we, we also have missionaries in Peru. We have missionaries in Jamaica. We have missionaries in Ger- Germany that we support. And we have a missionary in Greece. So we've got all these, and listen to me, we have personal relationships with every single one of them. I just talked to Cecilia on the phone two days ago in Greece. She gave me an update on what they're doing, dealing with Syrian refugees. And these ladies that she's teaching to sew and to use a loom and teaching them a a, a, a trade that they can use. So this, listen to me, this is why Church of the Lakes does what Church of the Lakes does. So how do you get involved? Let me just give you a reminder of some things and the ways that we should be involved. Number one, number one on your fill-in. Is pray. Let me ask you, honestly, are you praying for Church of the Lakes? Are you, are you praying for our people? Right? Are you praying for the reality of what it is that these, these, and, and not just Pastor Mike, I appreciate your prayers, right? And, and, and we need your prayers and I appreciate that. But our people, like those that are getting your hands dirty, have you, have you been praying for people that are working with our youth? Right? Or, or, or the children's ministry? You know, these young men that I just named, did you write down a name and say, you know, I'm going to pray for him and his man, right? We, we need to be constantly in prayer for one another. That's not some little, we do this like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. Right? Somebody tells us something and yeah, 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 I'll pray for you. Really? Really? Right? Let's, let's not be a people that uses that as some kind of Christianese thing, but that we really pray for each other. Look at Matthew 9 and 37. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What that says to you and me is there are people right here, right now, should be getting saved every day. But the workers are few. Do you hear that? Why? Because the devil has us so caught in all the stuff of life that we don't have our head up. Right? We don't even know who, sometimes we don't even know our neighbor's names. Are much about who they are because i'm trying to fix this plumbing i ain't got time to deal with the neighbor other than i need to get one of those sonic sound things so their dog shuts up starts barking that we would pick our head up and understand and so pray for pray for workers pray for more people to come and be a part not because we're trying to build a bigger church but we're trying to expand his kingdom right the 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 the, the the harvest is plentiful for the workers of you. Ask the Lord. In other words, pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest. Number two, what can we do? Well, obviously we give. 
This is why we give. This is what we do. Proverbs 3 and 27. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is within your power to help. Is it within your power to help? If you can help your neighbor now, don't say come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. But so this is why we give. We we, we serve in this way uh, because God has blessed us with way more than we deserve. We try to often when we're at the dinner table, often my prayer has to do with, God, I don't know why you've allowed us to choose what we eat tonight. But man, we're grateful. Man, we're grateful that we actually had a choice tonight. That my wife said to me, what do you want? Last night she was like, do you want me to make some pork chops or do you want me to have some of that pork from man camp left over? I was like, oh, that pork's good. I'll take the pork. Pork chops or chopped pork or, I mean, we could have driven down the road, got a pizza. We got, I mean, we take this stuff for granted, right? The reality of us being grateful for how much and the greatest way we can show our gratitude is not just within the thanks, but it is to share with those who don't. Right? That this is, this is why we give. This is why God has given us these resources. And the third one is this, that you would go. Go get your hands dirty. That, that we just get our hands dirty. Romans 10 and 15. And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? That is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So we come to church and then we head out to the mission field. We don't come to church and then just try to beat the Baptist to Oakwood. It's okay if you do. I'm just saying go there with the mission mentality. Are you understanding me? You're not at Oakwood just to eat pork. You're at Oakwood because there's a waitress that needs to be loved on. Are you hearing me? You're not in the job that you're in because, oh well, it's the best thing I could do. No, God has ordained this time period. And maybe you're not going to be there much longer. But if you are tomorrow, it's because God said for you to be there. It is his providence that has put you in that place. You are a missionary. That is who you are the day that you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You became his hands and feet. You became his plan A with no plan B. And so we, we've, we've got to go. Well, let me give you a couple of, let me give you a couple of things you can do, um, just to give you some practical. Sometimes I say that kind of thing and people go, I'm not really sure. Okay, let me give you two projects you can do. Next Saturday, the Leesburg Police Department is assembling bikes to give away for Christmas to needy kids. So for those of you, next Saturday, there's a sign up online. If you want to go, it's Saturday from nine to one at the Leesburg Police Department. We'd love for you to go help put bikes together, right? They're going to be giving, go. Go get your hands dirty. Go, go do that. Here's another thing. We're also at the same time, excuse me, going to be working at the Thrive Center. So we're going to be doing some pressure washing and all that. So listen, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone and get your hands dirty. There is nothing like serving with a group of people to build relationship. So many people will come to church and go, you know, I just... I hadn't been able to connect with anybody. I haven't been able to build relationships. To which I usually ask two things. Where are you serving and what small group are you in? Because if you don't do those, it's going to be really tough for you to find relationships. We don't give you enough time during the meet and greet for you to find your new bestie. Right? That's that's not where that's going to happen. But I tell you what, you go rub shoulders with somebody. 
You know, you go to man camp, like there's some guys here this morning that have new relationship with each other. Right? Because they were shooting guns and, you know, sleeping on the ground and roughing it over the weekend. And there's a, there's just a bond that happens. And so let me challenge you as we get into the new year and we start a small group semester. Get into a small group. As you hear us talk about serving opportunities, come and be a part. <laughs> Call Dunstan's. They'll fix the plumbing. Come and do relationship and, and serve and be who God's called you to be. So I want to talk to you about four things and I'm going to, I'm going to finish out with this today. Four things that I think will cause us to live a legacy life. Okay? A life that will leave a legacy in the way that God has called us to leave a legacy. So here we go. Number one. Number one, a legacy life. Number one, it takes faith. It takes faith. Here's what I mean by that. I see Leesburg very differently than most people see Leesburg. I see Leesburg through faith. I see LHS with a waiting list to get in. Are you following me? I see LHS being a place where it's like, I got to get my kids in there. Do you know anybody? Do you know a city commissioner that can pull a string for me? But you know what? That's faith because most of you sitting here and most people that I would talk to in the community, when you say that, they go, yeah, right. But that's called faith. Right? To, to choose. We, and, and so you, you have to understand it takes faith. And your second feeling there is we see it. We have to become people who see Beyond what we see. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things not yet come. The substance. That means in this moment, I see what has not happened yet. That's what faith is. That's how Hebrews defines it. That that I look beyond the current situation. That I look beyond the behavior of my teenager right now. And I see this. Where we're trying to go. I see beyond the struggle of my marriage right now. And I see what I expect my marriage to be. That's called faith. That's, we are people that are supposed to have faith. I see a, I see a city with thriving buildings and low crime. Thriving. Come on. Businesses that are opening. People looking for. It is so hard to start a business because there's so few places that you can get. Because all the buildings are taken. Can you see it? No, 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 no. Can you see it? Can you in your mind choose by faith to see something bigger? I see a city where property values have skyrocketed. I see a city where, where, where there are people, there are families thriving. Where we celebrate Jesus more than we celebrate beer and whatever else. Because right now, Leesburg is known as the party mecca, the small town party mecca of Florida. But listen to me, it only happens if somebody stands up and does something. It only happens if somebody says something. It only happens if somebody has enough faith to see it. And they're bold enough to say, we're going to go for it. We'll do whatever it takes to happen. We'll we'll get our hands dirty. I see retirees and seniors 
of our area investing in the next generation. There is a plethora of experience and resources in this area because of the number of older folks that we have in our area. And most of the time we pick on villagers. <laughs> right? I did it last week. I said something about villages and a bunch of y'all, oh, right? We had to like back you off. You know, it was a little riot that went on. Listen, that's a resource. Scripture tells us the, the older teach the younger. How do we do that? I don't know, but I see it because <laughs> it's faith. Do you understand? It's faith. Can, can you see beyond? I see a church, a big C church. That's all the expressions of the church. I see a big C church that is thriving and bringing real transformation in individuals and families. Let me read you Ephesians 2 and 19. God is building a home. He is using us all, irrespective of how we got here. I had a conversation with somebody right before service this morning. And I said, you need to stop listening to the voices inside of your head telling you who you're not. Because what, what challenges our faith, what challenges our vision to see something bigger and more than where we are is the voices that have been talking in our head. Yeah, but who am I? Yeah, but I, I don't have anything to give. That is a lie from the depths of hell. Because when you release your life to Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, you have all the power you need to accomplish things that you can never think or even imagine. That's what the scripture tells us. Right? Vision is faith, something bigger than us. Listen, it says he's using us irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for a foundation. That's our foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all of it together. That's the church. Do you hear him? He's building the church. He's building something to move. But it's Satan whispering in our ear, telling us, no, it can't be done, or you can't do this. And that's not true. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home with. Three masons, three masons building something. They're, they're laying bricks. Guy walks up to the first mason and says, so what are you doing? He's like, I'm laying bricks. I'm okay. Walks up to the second mason and says, so what are you doing? He goes, I'm building a wall. What do you think I'm doing? He walks up to the third mason and he says, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a great cathedral. All three doing the same thing. All three with a different vision. Or level of faith or understanding what it is that you're doing. Do not miss the brick by brick, day to day, boring, monotonous, same old, same old stuff that God has you doing consistently see, because he's building a cathedral. Some of you have put away large dreams and put away things. Because of the voices, because things they're said, because you think, I don't know, I don't know how to do this, I don't know what I'm doing, and I need you to hear something. God's not done with you. And God's not done with us. But number two, it takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. And so we choose it. We choose sacrifice we choose to give of ourselves first peter 2 and 5 you also living like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood 
offering spiritual sacrifices. Boy, you got to look at that and kind of underline that part. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I have to continually choose to interrupt my agenda to fulfill God's role and His purpose in my life. I have to continually pull away from myself, sacrifice my ideas for God's ideas to focus on others. Martin Luther King taught a a sermon one time. You can go back and look it up online. It was on the Good Samaritan. For those of you who may not know, there's a story in the good, in, in the Bible called the Good Samaritan. Guys on the side of the road, and it's used as a parable to talk about three different guys that some of them walk past him. But a guy who's supposed to be his enemy serves him, helps him, and, 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 and guides him forward. And Martin Luther King asked two questions in this sermon that he was talking about the Good Samaritan that I think sum up this, this idea. Martin Luther said, you can ask, if I do this, or if I help this person, what's going to happen to me? That's the worst question that we can ask. That is a completely self-focused question. Do you hear it? If I help this person, if I serve this person, what's going to happen to me? Like, how much, how much am I going to have to give up? Or how much am I And then Martin Luther says, the question we should ask, listen, and continually have at the front of our brain is, if I do not stop and help, what's going to happen to them? That is who Jesus has called us to be. And that's hard. I, I, I get it. That, that's hard. That's Because people take advantage of us. And people use. And you never know, right? When you, when you see the will work for food sign. Come on, anybody else have the struggle? Do I? Don't I? Right? Because we've become so calloused too. And so let me challenge you with what Martin Luther King said to challenge you. If I don't do something, what happens to them? And if we will be a people that will give our lives in that way, that's the way Jesus gave his life. Hung on a cross, dying, hung there by people that are sitting there laughing at him. And his response is, Forgive them, God. They don't know what they're doing. They don't get it. Boy, Jesus challenged me that with that this week. Do I take that mentality on a daily basis? God, forgive them. They don't realize how much they're hurting me. God, for, forgive them. They don't realize what a mess they're making. But it is so easy Once you have been walking with God for a while and maybe you've dealt with a few of your yesterdays and some of your struggles, it's so easy for us to get on our pedestal and look down at people, right? Instead of getting our hands dirty. And that is what is the hypocrisy of Christianity, if you really think about it. That's why the rest of the world looks and goes, I don't know about all that. It's because they see this, what they would call hypocrisy. But it's the struggle inside of you and I. And it's the struggle between selfishness, the sinful nature, the flesh that God has, that God has died to overcome in us, as opposed to the reality that God has put His Spirit inside of us and the vision to say this life is no longer mine. 
It's, it's, it's no longer mine. It, no, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to me. When you surrender your life, think through this concept. Vince and I were talking about this at the campground yesterday. When you surrender your life, nothing is yours anymore. Nothing. That's not your house. And you don't get to decide the next house. It's his decision. That's, that's not a job that you're doing. That's where he has you right now. That's, this is what it means to surrender. I think this is why it's so hard for people. And the struggle. And so we have to come to a place where we recognize that while salvation is a free gift, to do the work that he's called us to do takes a sacrifice. It is sacrificial in the way that we live. Number three, it takes generosity. And so we make the choice, we give it. We give it. I hope that you can look at this report today, right, and be a cheerful giver. <laughs> Scripture tells us to be a, a cheerful giver. Well, I hope you can look at that report today, okay? You know, almost 50% of what we gave last year went out in missions. I'm, I'm all about that. Why? Because we are focusing on others we're trying to develop it in such a way where it's not about us and building next next building and being comfortable and all that sort of stuff. But the reality of what is it that this community needs? Because I see something. I see some things in my mind that if there is a group of people who will be sacrificial, if they'll do the hard work, if they'll do the stuff. I met a guy. Um, <laughs> there's a guy named Tony who did our lighting. And Tony uh, ended up, he started as a DJ, and he ended up, now he does lighting for the President of the United States. And it's this crazy story, right, in, in Tony's story. And one day, I'll never forget this moment, one day I said to Tony, all right, dude, tell me your secret. He said, what are you talking about? I said, tell me your secret. How do you go from being a DJ <laughs> to traveling the entire world serving the President of the United States? And without a blink, he, that's easy. I just do what nobody else will do. Boy, let that sink in for a moment. Would we be a church? Would we be a people that will do what nobody else does? Because it's so easy for us to go, you know what? I'm going to isolate myself in my little house here. I'm going to make sure we're all comfortable and taken care of. I'm going to make sure my 401k is just right. I'm going to try to get my quality of life up to where it should be and where I'm comfortable and all this sort of stuff. Or I'm going to be like Jesus who says, you know what? I'll give it all away if necessary. The son of God gave it all up left the throne of God, left perfection of heaven, and came to this crazy place that you and I live in. Why? To give us an example of what it looks like to sacrifice. What it looks like to give it all up and go, whatever you want, God. However you want it. I'll sacrifice it. I'll be generous. Psalm 112. I'll read it again. Those who, who, who share freely, give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Don't miss the opportunity to touch somebody. Especially, listen to me, especially this season, right? Right? Let me encourage you parents. Sit down and have a conversation with your kids. And make a decision like, okay, everybody's just going to get one gift. Because we're going to focus on others. Instead of having Toys R Us throw up in our living room. Right? 
That, 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 that reality that I start to go, what does it look like to develop something, to have some vision, to have legacy here? And maybe I teach my kids by saying we're going to get one thing, but now we're going to go shop for some kid, some single mom, someone else. We're going to send money to a kid in another, whatever that is for you, whatever it is that God puts on your heart to, to change that. And number four, if we're going to live a legacy life, number four, it takes urgency. So we do it today. We do it today. Say something to you that, that may sound strange when I first say it. Today matters. Have you thought about that lately? Today matters. Here's why I say that. We have a tendency to overemphasize yesterday and not pay attention to today. We have so much time spent and the devil loves to make you turn around and go, look, yeah, but look at what you did and look at this mistake and look at that mess. And no, 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 today, today, you can't do anything about yesterday. You blew it. You blew it. When I had the opportunity to go talk to Pastor Ed Garvin at Calvary Chapel in, in Orlando, we were right before we were launching the church. I've told you all this story a bunch of times. Gave me all kinds of amazing advice. And then right I was getting in the car, stopped me and went, whoa, 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 Mike, Mike, hey, you're going to blow it. Matter of fact, you're going to blow it big. But you know what? The church is resilient. It'll keep moving forward. And there was something in that moment and there's something I want you to hear today. 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 No, not tomorrow. Right? Today, it takes an urgency for us to go. Because you know, if you don't do it today, that turns into a week. That turns into a month. Five years from now, you're still going, ah, we always wanted to. But to create a legacy. Because here's what I know. When I look at this, what I, this, what this piece of paper says to me in one sentence is, we are way better all together than we are individually. We need each other. And we need to take seriously the idea of what it is to come together, not just to do church. Listen, for the last few weeks, we've had guest worship leaders and we're praying about hiring a full-time worship leader and we're trying to look at all this sort of stuff. And you, we can get so focused on us. Like... We need the right worship leader so we have the right style of worship. So, And then all of a sudden, everything gets focused to Sunday morning. And all of our efforts are being focused on Sunday morning. We have to fight that. Right? We need to create an environment here that's attractive for people to come in and hear the gospel. But we need to make sure that we're not building in such a way that we don't forget the gospel supposed to go out there. This is not about us. This is about us getting up from here and going doing the work that God's called us to do. Sometimes individually, sometimes corporately. Ephesians 5 and 15 says this, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Can I get an amen on that one? Right? The days are evil. People are horrible towards each other. The things that we're doing, people around you need to be loved. I said it last week, I'll say it again. Your waitress today does not have an attitude. She has emotional scars. 
You have the opportunity to bring some balm to that emotional scar with a smile. Let me challenge you. I do this fairly often. I'll sit down and the waitress will come in and go, Hey, look, um, I'm a pastor at a church. And before we eat our, our lunch, I'm going to pray over our lunch. Is there some way I can pray for you? And you would be amazed at the response. I mean, I have waitresses break down in tears. You know, my mom just went in the hospital and would you just please listen to me. That is who God's called us to be. And it doesn't have to be a big ministry and it doesn't have to be, but just that we would love, right? When you go today, when you get up and you walk out these doors, welcome to the mission field. Faith. I got to see it better. I got to see it more. Right? It's, it's, it's going to be sacrificial. I'm going to have to sacrifice. The reason that we give and the reason I think the Bible says 10% is because 10% is crazy. Come on. The more money you make, the more you go to write that tie check, you're like, that's a lot of stinking money. But listen, God's trying to teach us the principle of being sacrificial, right? Is the struggle of that, that, that reality. It, it, it is going to be sacrificial to follow Jesus and be who he's called us to be. And we've got to be urgent about it. Today is the day. Today is the day that God has placed you in this place for such a time as this to reach your neighbor and your coworker and to love. And so we've got opportunities. Christmas Eve is coming. Invite them. When you go today, leave a good tip for the waitress. Pray for her. Write her name down and pray for her this, the rest of this week or his name. Your, ca- your cashier, some of you guys, you forgot to do your grocery stop and you're going to hit Publix on the way home where shopping is a pleasure, right? And all the rest of us poor people are going to Walmart, okay? But when you do, listen to me, the cashier is not there by accident, right? Church, pick your eyes up. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And sometimes the workers are few because the workers are distracted, Right? That's who God has called us to be. That's what it's going to look like for us to live a legacy. So here's the challenging statement I'll give you at the end. Today, I will live as if this day, this is the day that will be remembered. I will live as if this is the day that will be remembered. Let me ask you, if you knew that today, this Sunday, today, this afternoon, this is what they were going to talk about at your funeral. Just this day, what would you do? And if we become a people that would get up every morning and ask ourselves that question, if they were just going to talk about today at my funeral, how would I want it to look? We might just challenge ourselves out of apathy, struggles of our past, and the distractions that the enemy brings to live out what looks like a legacy life that the generation behind us might talk about, I was handed this, And I was given this as a foundation. And yeah, I feel like a man because my dad said this and my grandpa said this. And these amazing men in my church has. And yes, I feel like a woman because I had women around me and an older generation took time to invest in me. This is what it means for us to be a legacy church and to live a legacy life. Does that make sense to anybody? Are y'all hearing me? And so I want to give you a chance to respond today. What does that mean for you? Because... 
I really don't like anybody walking out and being like, man, that was, that was a great pep rally today. Unless you're going to go do something with it. <laughs> Unless you're going to respond. So let me give you some practical ideas. Here's, here's some ways that you might respond today. You might respond and go, you know, I've never heard Christianity spoken about quite like that. And I've never, I've never given my heart to Jesus. I've, I've never surrendered my life. And we're going to have a prayer team up here. And all you have to do is come down and tell them, today I need to surrender my heart. And they'll pray with you and begin that journey of what it means for you to have a relationship with God. Some of you, today, something, the Holy Spirit stirred something in you that you said, you know what? I haven't been living a legacy life because I've been so focused on all the stuff. And today I need to pick my head up. I need to recommit. I need to recommit myself to the vision and what it is that God has called us to be and to do. So maybe you might come and pray with somebody for recommitment. Maybe you would sign up today to help with the bike repair next week because you heard go and you feel like you need to go or come work on the teen center and you can send us um, an email and we'll give you more information about when and where to come on that. You might decide because you've been sitting here a long time and you've never done it, but you hear us talk about life steps all the time. And you haven't done life steps yet. Next week starts life step number one. Perfect time for you to come and get involved. It's in the rock right down the hallway. You'll see the sign. So come join us in life steps next week. Maybe, maybe that's the next place for you to start. In your giving. Giving, giving uh, boxes are in the back. Drop your envelopes in there and give today. And then also listen to me. Next week, this is the only time during the whole year that we ever talk about an offering. Next week, above and beyond tithes and offerings, we've been talking about taking a legacy offering. A legacy offering. What I'm saying to you is this. All that money is going out. I'm not asking you to give a legacy offering because we're going to build a building or pay an old debt. I'm asking you to give because we'd like to take that money and give it away this year, this next year as we get into 2020. So would you pray? So one time a year, we're going to ask you to consider something like no pledge campaigns, nothing else. But would you pray about giving a legacy offering next week? One time we're going to do that, use that money, however, whatever God gives us. And so you can come down here and pray to surrender your life, stand in the gap for someone else, ask for healing, or just to invest in somebody else. So what is your response to God today? Would you close your eyes for just a second? Prayer team, would you go ahead and make your way to the front, please? And while your eyes are closed, I'm just going to pray for you for courage. Because I think probably the Holy Spirit has already spoken to you. Now you just need the courage to actually respond and do whatever that is. Whatever it is God's called you to do, would you just do what he says today? So Holy Spirit, I pray right now for courage for each and every person here. To step out and do what you've called them to do today. To respond to your prompting. And we'll give you all the honor and the glory. I pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Would you respond now? Feel the freedom to stay for a moment. Feel the freedom to go and get your kids. Give in the back. Come pray with someone. But please respond some way to God today. Amen? Amen. Respond to God and we'll see you guys next week.